This is Maya Anderson with Becker's Women's Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Michelle Wines, Chief Equity and Inclusion Officer at Children's Mercy in Kansas City, Missouri. Today, we're going to be discussing Ms. Wines' goals as Chief Equity and Inclusion Officer, the role data plays in reducing health disparities, and the importance of having a diverse clinical staff. Ms. Wines, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you, Maya. It's a pleasure to be here. And to start us off, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Uh, yeah, so again, um, I am the Chief Equity and Inclusion Officer for Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, um, and I have been here tomorrow will be my one-year anniversary, so <laughs> really excited about that, yeah, um, and just a little bit about my background. I practiced law for 14 years. I d- um, did employment discrimination, um, did a little product liability as well as immigration law, and about 13 years ago, I decided to move into the diversity, equity, and inclusion space and took a um, diversity uh, strategic role at a law firm that I had actually practiced law at um, and uh, was just really excited to get into that role because I found myself you know, losing passion for the practice of law and really just wanting to focus on the things that were bringing me joy, and that was mentoring um, young law students as they were coming up through the pipeline. It was working with um, local bar associations to develop recruiting programs um, to develop scholarship programs and things of that nature. And so it was just a natural shift for me to get into doing that kind of work full time. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask you, could you explain what your main goals are as Chief Equity Inclusion Officer for Children's Mercy? Yeah, yeah. So about a year ago, I made the switch to the healthcare industry from the legal industry. Um, And, you know, I think one of the things that prompted me to to make that switch was just thinking about um, being in the middle of a global health pandemic um, and thinking about just the healthcare needs of children in our community. And I was coming from working for a law firm that had a number of offices all around the country and all around the world. And so the opportunity to come to Children's Mercy was really um, exciting for me because it meant that I could work in my community to directly impact um, health inequities um, for the children in the Kansas City community. And so a couple of the goals that I set out for myself is, you know, I think one is just identifying health equity gaps. I think one of the first things that's important for any organization that wishes to address equity is to take the temperature and understand where the equity gaps are. And so at Children's Mercy, we started that with an inaugural um, hospital-wide diversity workforce assessment. Um, We launched that in February um, earlier this year and concluded it in March. And a few of the things that we looked at in that assessment were employee satisfaction, our perceptions of workplace culture and climate, and then our employees' perceptions about the care that and, and the service, frankly, that we're providing to racially, culturally, and linguistically diverse patients. Um, so, and, and then we also looked at our management's commitment and responsive, responsiveness to diversity issues. So that's one assessment, and, and out of that assessment, we are going to develop a diversity, equity, and inclusion strategic plan. We will um, update that plan after we complete two additional assessments that we're working on, that we'll be working on in the, in the fall of this year and the spring of next year as well. And that goes along with the other goals that I have for myself. And one of those is to help our physicians and our providers 
to understand how they can better serve um, children and patients of different races, of different cultural and ethnic backgrounds, and, um, and, and children who are linguistically diverse as well. So we have a physician provider assessment that we're doing um, in the fall, well, in the spring of next year, and that really is going to ask our physicians, you know, what's the extent of their formal training in cross-cultural medicine? What are their opinions regarding health disparities? Um, how do they assess themselves in terms of their preparedness to treat immigrants, um, uh, limited English proficient patients, and, and patients whose health beliefs may be at, at odds with our Western culture? And then we also ask them, you know, what's their knowledge of and how have they been adhering to the language access laws and best practices. And we also look to see, you know, what kind of um, additional training would they like in cross-cultural medicine. So that's another big assessment that we will do in the, in the um, spring of next year. And then this fall, we'll be doing a language access audit. Um, and that audit is really trying to identify what are our current strengths and weaknesses um, with regard to how we, the policies that we have in place, the practices and the systems that we have in place to serve our culturally and linguistically diverse patients. And so we want to make sure that we're in compliance with federal and state laws. And at the same time, we want to make sure that even if we are in compliance with those laws, are we really implementing industry best practices and national best practices around um, language access, because frankly, that was one of the areas that came up in our workforce provider assessment mm -hmm. as one of the weaknesses, you know, that um, our patients at times, you know, are, do not have the interpreters that they need to receive the, the quality level of service that we know they're entitled to. And so that's one of the areas that we the, the benchmark for ourselves as an area that we needed to work on. So I think taking all three of those assessments together and then developing a comprehensive strategy to address those deficiencies um, and, you know, those are workforce deficiencies or health deficiencies for our um, patients and our families and also help us to kind of meet the needs of the community in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fascinating. Thank you. And I know you said a big part of, of what you're doing is helping to reduce health disparities. And I'm curious what role data can play in achieving that goal. Yeah, so data is definitely going to play a big role in this. Um, one of the things that we're developing as we speak is a health, um, a health equity dashboard. And so we have a, um, a prototype right now that basically where we've uploaded um, the zip codes of all the different patients and community uh, family members that we serve right now in and around the Kansas City area. And so what we want to do now is start to look at, you know, what is, what kinds of um, um, diseases are these being treated, you know, that, that these patients and families are being treated for? Are there any discrepancies in terms of the level of treatment for those patients and families? Um, and then also looking at patient satisfaction data as well and looking to see, you know, are there discrepancies with regard to our majority patients versus our culturally and linguistically um, uh, diverse patients in terms of how they perceive the care that they're receiving? So I think that the data is going to be a really big piece of what we do. And one of the things that we'd like to do is to hire a health equity specialist um, that will help us with this because, um, 
it's going to be important that we have the folks on our staff to be able to just look at that data, see what where the trends and the patterns are that are emerging from that data, what's the story that that data is telling us, and then be able to act on that proactively to kind of develop some initiatives and programming and policies to address whatever equity gaps are, you know, that that data is telling us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a really good example of how data can be really useful in accomplishing and um, accomplishing these goals. And I'm wondering, um, could you explain the importance of having a diverse clinical staff when it comes to improving the overall patient experience and outcomes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th I think diverse clinical staff is absolutely vital because when you look at the diverse patient population that you're serving in any region, they're coming, our patients are coming from all different walks of life. They're speaking multiple languages. They're coming from um, different uh, culturally and ethnically diverse backgrounds. Um, and so we need providers who can understand um, the patients that they're serving and can communicate with them um, in, in a way that gets them to feel comfortable telling their lived experiences, sharing whether or not they're using alternative medicine, and if so, what the impact might be on the treatment plan that our providers are recommending for them. And I think it, it also is tied into trauma-informed care as well. If we have providers who understand ACE factors, for, for instance, what are some of the adverse childhood experiences that our patients may um, have had, um, and being able to then ask the right questions, right, and be able to better serve the clients by the patients by understanding, you know, what are, what are those trauma, uh, what are the traumas that they may have been impacted by, and um, how might that impact the care that is recommended for a particular patient. And ideally, I think when you have providers who have themselves come from linguistically diverse backgrounds, culturally diverse backgrounds, may have even experienced some forms of trauma themselves may have a higher ACE factor than, um, you know, some majority physicians that, that are seeing patients. I, I, I would argue that there is a greater likelihood of a deeper understanding, deeper empathy, and, and deeper um, ability to address the needs of those culturally and linguistically diverse patients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you'd say having a diverse clinical staff would definitely be a top priority for Children's Mercy when it comes to achieving their um, diversity and equity goals. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ms. Wimes, thank you so much for this fascinating discussion. It was really great to speak with you today, and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you. My pleasure to be here today.